Hello, and welcome back into Getting Into Good Trouble, where we dig through the rubble to find the trouble. This is Season 2, Episode 2, and it is January 2020. Today we will be talking about internet censorship from big tech companies, as well as governments, and its impact on the world. Grace, could you start us off with some background information? Thank you, Thomas. Censorship dates back as far as Socrates being poisoned in 399 BCE. This happened because he really annoyed the leaders because he had supposedly corrupted the young people of Athens. He had introduced new gods and he questioned everything. That was censorship because the leaders decided that his opinions and studies were corrupting the younger generation. More modern accounts of censorship include the internet censorship in China. In 2009, the Chinese government blocked YouTube in March and Facebook in July. All Google services were also blocked, including Google Search, Maps, Docs, Drive, Sites, Twitter, Dropbox, Foursquare, Flickr, and Picasa, according to Sapporo Decina. In September 2017, China blocked WhatsApp. This shows that censorship is a big part of modern history, like YouTube censorship policy. Thank you, Grace, for that much-needed background. As we see, censorship has been a part of history, and as much as history happens, it's doomed to repeat itself. Now, we go to Luke to better explain the current situation and YouTube's censorship policy. The video sharing platform known as YouTube has a big censorship problem, and it has been proven on multiple occasions that YouTube manually censors videos to only show one point of view. YouTube has policies that are not clearly defined. One example is YouTube's rule on hate speech. It says hate speech is not allowed, but the only description it gives is that they will remove content promoting hatred towards other groups on the basis of gender identity and expression, race, religion, sex and gender, and or sexual orientation. The laws on hate speech vary depending on the country you are in. For example, hate speech is worth and can result in prison time for Canadian citizens, while in America you can say whatever you want as long as it doesn't tell someone to inflict violence. It is sometimes challenging to decipher what is hate speech and what is expression of opinion. There are times where people are cancelled and taken down for sharing opinion that opposes the views that YouTube has. Also, one example of unfairness is that the group known as Antifa, they have protest many different things but have been known to plan and start fights and riots. Antifa have promoted violence against others and gotten thousands of views on YouTube, but their videos have not been taken down. While creator Steven Crowder, a right-leaning comedian, made a YouTube video using clips from these videos made by Antifa supporters, and his video was taken down for showing violence. This is just one example of unfair treatment on the bias of opinion and political opinion. This is a big deal because almost 2 billion people use YouTube every month, and if they only see one point of view due to censorship, then people's opinions will be shifted towards that if only one thought is whatever they hear. Finally, children who often use YouTube are much more susceptible to believing whatever they hear. If YouTube keeps children from learning more than one side of things, they will not have a freedom of opinion they deserve. No one company should have that much control over its users. Thank you, Luke, for that information. Now, let's go look at how government censors the internet. One of the current stories is happening right now in China. The Chinese government is a communist party, so they want full rule of their people. The American Political Science Review said that unlike what you might believe, posts that criticize the government are less likely to be censored. The posts that are more likely to be censored are the posts that spur on collective activities that could reveal the Chinese government's ulterior motive. 
You can listen to our last episode to learn more about the oppression that is happening in China right now. It is interesting to compare and contrast censorship the government implements in China to the censorship that big tech companies such as YouTube implement on their websites. We live in a world where all of mankind's information is at our fingertips. But companies like Google, Microsoft, and Amazon have a bottleneck on information. This has given an overwhelming amount of power to companies to allow greater control over narratives. We are not saying that there is total censorship on platforms such as YouTube, but according to multiple news sources and conservative channels have been censored. It has been shown that different political narratives leaning to the right side of the political spectrum have been censored. As shown in recent lawsuit case, Google censored a political channel called PragerU, resulting in PragerU pressing charges against Google. The reason for this is with Google and YouTube, it has vague service policies to allow greater control on what it gets to censor. This can be shown by looking at the service policy yourself. At the same time, there was an article leaked from Google called The Good Censor, shown by an article on U.S. News, greater showing the censorship and turmoil in Google trying to figure out what it should censor and what it shouldn't. Finally, let's look at some politics of internet censorship. Take it away, Madison. Thanks, Thomas. The issue of censorship is a hot topic globally, even in democratic countries. An example of this is in the U.S. Many conservatives feel that their political views are being censored or marked as hate speech by big social media platforms. As Senator Ted Cruz said to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill, Mr. Zuckerberg, I will say there are a great many Americans who I think are deeply concerned that Facebook and other tech companies are engaged in a pervasive pattern of bias and political censorship. Zuckerberg responded by sharing similar concerns, saying that Silicon Valley is an extreme extremely left-leaning place. Liberals don't believe that conservatives are being censored, but that this is merely a political stunt. All of this has sparked debate on whether or not it is legal to censor political opinions you don't agree with based on the First Amendment, um, the right to freedom of speech. A similar situation is happening in France. There has been a push by President Macron for the censorship of what the government deems fake news. This brings up the question of who gets to decide what news is fake, the government or the people? Is it within the government's rights as a democracy to censor what they deem harmful? While censorship in the West may not be as bad as it is in China, Western democracies are still struggling on whether or not censorship is a violation of their democratic ideals. Thanks, Madison, for that insightful look. I'm here with Hope and Kiefer to answer some of our questions on censorship. To start off, why do people block content to begin with? People block content to either suppress a story or to hide information. It is typically used in social media and or in politics. One example of this is the Chinese Communist Party and their goal of having complete control over their citizens. The government works on blocking any information having to do with their hidden motive, but not things that criticize the government, as Grace talked about earlier in the podcast. Thanks, Kiefer. Now, when does censorship become a problem? This becomes a problem when people start to use the censorship to their advantage. An example of this is, if a person is stating an opinion in an expressive way, and that opinion got censored purely because it went against the company's beliefs, this is a problem because then it takes away people's freedom of speech. It is hard to say exactly because the line between expression and oppression is very thin. Thanks, Hope, for that explanation. Do we think censorship is ethical? Kiefer? This is a hard question to answer because it depends on the point of view you are coming from. If you are coming from the point of view of a leader or a regulator, I believe that it is both ethical and non-ethical. 
I say this because there are times when people need to be guarded from information and times that one needs to be informed on the topic. An example of this is schools. Schools regulate what students can and cannot look at on their computers. Schools believe by regulating their students' computers, it keeps them safe, but many people believe differently. Thanks, Kiefer. Finally, what are the biases in censorship? Google is bl supposedly blocking conservative reports and news outlets. Facebook has also been accused of doing the same. Many former employees from Facebook and other news outlets and social medias have spoken up about the things they were asked to censor during their time at their job. This example shows that some of the employees at Google and Facebook are biased, meaning they vouch in favor of or against one thing, person, or group, usually in a way considered to be unfair. Okay, so when do we think censorship becomes necessary to when it becomes unnecessary and is abuse? Well, I think that censorship is necessary. I guess it has some, it depends on the age group. So, like, you wouldn't want, like, a child seeing, like, R-rated movies. So that's why there's, like, censorship on R-rated movies. But it becomes, like, unreasonable and unnecessary if it's, like, censoring things from, like, fully grown adults just so that they don't, um, like, go against your government, like China. Especially, I agree with Grace, especially if you're censoring someone's opinion in order to push your own political views. No, one thing about uh, the YouTube... Uh, censorship is that in order to make a YouTube channel or account you have to be over 13 so I think that at that age nothing should be censored unless it's explicit ex content yeah mm -hmm. and like, is, but that's what YouTube kids is for and that's why a lot of stuff is censored yeah, on there you can see through but um, I think like some amount of censorship is always going to be beneficial because like it takes a it takes time for a child's brain to develop, so you don't yeah. want them seeing, like, R-rated movies, because then, it, like, it would mess up someone's head psychologically. Like, we can connect that kind of to the um, next episode that's coming out about Australian wildfires, because the, um, what's his name? The, there's one guy who kind of, like, owns all of, like, the media in Australia, and he um, is a very, I think that he's a very conservative person, and he has... Uh, he was, like, pushing forward all of these stories about how the wildfires have been started by arson, and his son owns another newspaper, and he's been pushing forward all of these stories, this guy's son, about how, like, his dad's lying, like, it's not true. So I think that that's, like, an interesting look at how censorship affects, like, everywhere, all around the world, as all the well time. As well as going off censorship for that, when you look at so many news companies nowadays, you can see so many of them, like CNN or other major news outlets like Fox as well, you see them take a certain subject and then cherry pick information when it comes to a debate or something to only show their side while completely censoring or trying to demean another, which allows for far more censorship and allows them to push a narrative even farther. I think one of the biggest questions people are asking is like, who gets to decide what should be censored and what shouldn't? And like, and who gets to decide why it should be censored? Who should have that power? That's uh, one thing about the, as Thomas said, about the CNN and Fox and whatever, is they're a journalism, like, program or whatever, but when it comes to, like, YouTube, Google, and Twitter, and they're censoring on a free speech platform certain views, that's just not good for the users. Yeah, that's... I completely agree with that. When it comes to public forums, people should be able, the whole thing behind them is people being able to express themselves. Well, I think that it's an interesting point that Madison brought up about, is it 
like the government's choice or is it the people's choice? Because in a democratic society, you would think it would be the people's choice as to what gets censored, that people are still trying to figure out if that's a government's, um, if it's like a government's privilege to decide that or whether it's a like people's choice. As Grace said something about people having control over censorship, the reason that wouldn't be a good thing is because if the people have control, then it's just mob rule and like nothing will ever change because only one thing will be shared because it's censored by the people and like there'd be no room for like uprising against something that's not fair. But then again, if the government decides to get involved, it could be seen as an abuse of power. So, in all honesty, this is an imperfect situation. This podcast was brought to you by producer, Grace, host, Thomas, background, Grace, current information, Luke, Madison, Grace, and Thomas, Q&A, Kiefer, and Hope. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in next episode where we talk about the wildfires in Australia.